Your local McDonald's owners across Washington, D.C., Greater Baltimore, and Eastern Shore are committed community members who all celebrate the diversity of the neighborhoods that they serve. Black History Month is a special time to spotlight the many African-American and Black individuals and organizations that have contributed to our area's growth and development. McDonald's sees, supports, and celebrates you now and all year long. All right, guys, Greg Scheinman here, Midlife Mail Podcast Time. Thank you, as always, for joining me on the pod. It means a lot that you guys listen in, you share these episodes, you've subscribed to the program and the newsletter, you leave those five-star ratings, the positive reviews, the feedback I get by email, uh, DM, comments on on social. Thank you very much. I just want to let you know that it is appreciated as we try to grow this midlife male movement, help men both navigate and maximize middle age towards achieving a better quality of life. The six Fs, the things that I talk about, the things that I'm interested in, family, fitness, finance, food, fashion and and fun. I got a guy coming up in the podcast also soon, Mark England, a great episode, Procabulary. Um, We did a little word association and um, said, midlife, what do you think? And not to give away the the whole episode because there's some incredible content and value there in in the hour that we did, but the answer was dull. Uh, And typically, Midlife has a negative connotation to it. You hear the word midlife or middle age and you think crisis or you think dull. And I want to prove that wrong. I want to dispel that. I believe that the middle is the sweet spot. I believe that our best days are ahead of us. I believe that in middle age, with our experience, successes, failures, where we're at with our journey, our ability to live longer, to live healthier, to learn, to earn, that this is just the beginning. And we are less than halfway there. We are in the middle of the game. It ain't over. Um, this week's episode is, is really important as it pertains to all of that because Having a solid wealth and life strategy is imperative to ensuring your success in life. I've got Greg Patterson joining me on the show today. Greg is the CEO of the advisory group out in San Francisco, an independent financial advisory firm that manages $1 billion in assets and celebrates over 20 years of helping their clients secure their financial independence. Greg is a super educated and passionate leader. He's delivering life-changing financial advice to high-performing, high-net-worth clients so that they can focus on what matters most. He's also an incredible athlete, an Ironman who recently qualified for the World Championships in Kona in 2021, married, children, balancing it all, and we get into it on the episode, talking about gas pedal risk, talking about peak busyness and talking about how with the right clarity plan and support, impossible goals can be made possible. So I want to thank Greg in advance for his time coming on the show and sharing all of his expertise and his insight. I also want to talk about Huron quickly. Use Huron.com, promo code MLM20, my go-to skincare company brand. Matt and his team have created an incredible line. I use it. My boys use it. 
the face wash, the body wash. For me in particular, the eye stick, the new one, 2.0, stellar. My boys, shampoo, conditioner, really great stuff. Um, I am proud to be a part of this company. I started out as a consumer, as I typically do in these situations, reached out to Matt, got to know him personally, got to know him professionally, got to participate in the company. And it's a privilege to, to share that with you and be a part of what these guys at Huron are building. So check it out. Use Huron.com, promo code MLM20. I also want to talk about Element, L-M-N-T. This is really, really great stuff. My man, Jeff Mraz, um, who's been on the podcast before, former NFL quarterback, uh, founder of Owen Only What You Need. Jeff reached out to me, sent me some information on Element, backed by science, a sugar-free electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. I have just gotten involved with these guys. I think it is a stellar product. Again, hydration is key. Rehydration is key. All natural ingredients, grab-and-go packaging, paleo and keto friendly. Check them out, drinklmnt.com. I think you'll really be impressed with this as well. And lastly, I don't eat enough vegetables. I don't know if anybody eats enough vegetables. Well, I guess if you're vegan and you're, you're eating enough vegetables. Well, I certainly do not. Um, and one way I deal with that is athletic greens. I've talked about them before. Athletic greens dot com forward slash midlife mail. This is my daily nutritional insurance policy. Um, low allergen, less than one grams of sugar per serving, and you would be hard pressed to find a more comprehensive supplement out there. No harmful chemicals, all in one supplement. It is the quality that sets them apart. I have been using Athletic Greens green powder for years. And it is a daily staple in, in my nutrition. So check them out. All right. We are going to get to it right now with Greg Patterson on the Midlife Mail podcast. You have heard the introduction, so you know who is on the program today, how excited I am, ha I am to have him here. Greg Patterson is joining me from San Francisco, right. correct? Right in the Bay Area. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Greg, for being on, on the show today. Incredible background. We're going to jump into all of it, but I just wanted to thank you for being here. And, and the first thing I want to ask you is, how do I get on your schedule? Okay. Like, how does a guy like me get on your schedule, get an hour of your time with everything that you seem to, to have going on? Now, how do you manage your calendar? Hmm? Yeah. Well, thanks, Greg, first of all, for uh, having me on. Uh, You've, uh, I've heard a number of your podcasts, interesting stuff and some interesting people. So, um, yeah, uh, well, you know, we're, we're, a. am with the advisor group. We're a small business and, and we've been, that's one of the, the challenges we're always trying to refine is how do we rearrange our time and rearrange the way we help each other as a team and, and have, uh, have different team members, you know, take responsibilities and, uh, and own those things. And so, yeah, uh, we've got, uh, you know, some marketing support as well. And that's, uh, one of the ways that we've connected with you. And then, uh, I try to make time for these kinds of important conversations. So. Mm. What is the uh, what is the advisory group? Do give me an overview of of the services that you provide, you know, at at the advisory group and what you do day to day. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm the CEO of the advisory group. Um, we are a wealth and life strategy firm, and we're all about helping business owners and business leaders make work optional through life changing financial advice. So that's the best way to to think about it, and we really help. Uh, those business owners and leaders with three key areas. One is that personal family wealth element. Uh, also, we help them as fiduciaries for their employees when they have retirement plans that need help in design and education. And then also the 
kind of the give back side of their lives through uh, through their philanthropic efforts, which sometimes when uh, uh, they're involved with a foundation or an endowment that has an investment pool that we uh, help uh, design spending policy and investment structures. Yep. I want to ask you also, because when, when you're dealing with, with individuals um, that have built businesses, have significant wealth, if you are thinking about wealth management techniques and, and, and you know, how they're going to do it, there's also a lot of the out there now, I guess, follow your, quit your job, follow your passion, you know, go, go do what you're, you're meant to, meant to do. Do you kind of bridge the gap when you see these entrepreneurs, these, these wealthier people that have built things up? Do you see them then moving on into following passions or was the business, the passion, you know, or is it sometimes the stay on board with this? You've come this far and go, I'm just always fascinated by that kind of dichotomy of live to work or, or work to live, or how many of us really have a calling, you know, that's, or we just get into some stuff and and then it's, how long do I stay? And then is everyone's version of, of, of enough, enough, like whatever your number is, you know, to move on, as you said, to make things optional. That's, that is such a central, uh, you know, huge question. And I think a lot of people, uh, may have their calling, not know what it is. Others have a calling for the first segment of their lives and then it changes. Uh, and other people are kind of drawn and called to the same thing from beginning to end. Uh, so sometimes when people come to us and our, our you know, typical clients are kind of in that midlife stage, which is, uh, you know, oftentimes in the you know early 40s to mid 50s, um, although we have clients under and over that uh, age, people are have been kind of running at full speed, right? For a long time, have built up uh, their businesses or their careers and are sometimes so in the thick of it. And so, uh, uh, you know, in some cases overwhelmed and focused on keeping that engine running. There's something we call a uh, gas pedal risk where they just got the pedal to the metal They're And it's almost like they've got four gas pedals and they're stepping on all of them at the same time. Sometimes it's kids, you know, family, uh, marriage, uh, the business, their personal interests, and you know all those balls up in the air, and things sometimes kind of start to drop. And we, there's a term we refer to as peak busyness to kind of <laughs> summarize that stage of life. Which, uh, uh, given the name of your podcast, is probably something that would resonate with a lot of people. And and sometimes they realize, well, wait a minute, what am I, what am I doing? Uh, is this still my passion? Uh, and how do I really want to spend my time? And if I want to do a change, how, how do I do that? Because if they're afraid if they pull the, the, the foot off the gas pedal for a minute, that the car will stop running and their, you know, their, their, uh, their fixed costs might not be supported. And, you know, can they take a break to look for a new career or even just take a break to do something else? Sometimes we, something we call a, a midlife gap year, because why, why should the, the college kids be the only ones to take the gap year, right? So, um, uh, and so some of what we do uh, is that, that's helpful for people uh, when it's really not what, about what we do, but what people need is sometimes they kind of need to do the math and have the assessment and say, okay, well, where am I? Am I ahead of the game or am I behind the game relative to my life goals, my longevity, my life expectancy, what we plan to hope to spend in the future. And some people could very easily take, you know, some time off to look for a new career or just stop and do something, well, you know, without pay for a while or forever. It all so dependent on the situation. But until you take a look and really kind of stop and pause and take a deep breath and articulate what it is that you really like what that thing is, because sometimes it's cooking around in the back of somebody's head, but they've never actually said it. Uh, we actually had a, um, a a client who was the uh, CFO of a major San Francisco law firm and uh, uh, became a client. And we asked him that question and no one had ever asked him what he would do if, if money were no longer an issue. And he thought he might want to you know, become a priest. <laughs> and we said, OK, well, that's easy. You can do that now. You don't need a whole lot of money to to do that. And so he really thought about it. He didn't end up going that path, but just opening up that box was really liberating because then he realized 
he went, he continued being a CFO, but it was really by choice rather than having this kind of questions like going around the back of his head. So uh, just ex- the exploration is really uh, kind of invigorating and, and liberating. Yeah, as an advisor and an advisory group is in, I mean, it's front and center. Yeah. It's it's the right. name, you know, right. Um, outside of the financial, you know, the wealth management aspect of it, the stuff you can spreadsheet out, you know, and show people, do you have more opportunity or freedom or be able to make things optional ahead of the game, behind the game, as you talked about, how much of your advising is also in a way kind of consultative or, or, or more mental in the way that like, you've got plenty of money, but you know, you feel this pressure to not leave, you know, or walk away. You have these other things that you want to do you know, or be involved in, but you don't want to let down the team, you know, or, or the board, like, and then you have the family, like how much part, part psychologist, part coach, part therapist as well in the evaluations. Or by the way, Greg, I could probably do, and you're telling me I could do what it is that I want to do, but how do I get the rest of my family, you know, on board? Because if we keep doing all this other stuff, guess what? I can't like, I'm back on the treadmill. You know, or I'm back there and not able to do the things that I totally want to do. Um, I think that comes up a lot, you know, at our state, our, 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 our contemporaries, again, married 20, 30 years, 15, right. 20, 30 years, kids are getting older. Maybe they're out of college. Maybe they've had the exit. Maybe they're close to the exit. You know, I find all these things fascinating. I just, we just went through a, an exit ourselves yeah, at our, at our firm and compared to each Thank you. And each partner, if you will, certainly made out differently. Is this the beginning? Is it the end? Is it the beginning of the end? You know, how does everybody see it? I, I just, again, I find the topics fascinating. Yeah. Uh, you're hitting on a, a, a lot of key things. Um, so I don't want to miss any of those. Those are all worth delving into. I think the first thing is, yes, uh, sometimes we jokingly refer to ourselves as financial therapists. <laughs> because sometimes uh, people, again, because they're so in the thick of it and they've got this more of a feeling than an articulation of what it is, or sometimes they really do know what it is, but maybe don't allow themselves to admit it or just haven't said it out loud. Uh, and so just having those conversations, like you, you really can't and shouldn't build uh, you know, a wealth uh, uh you know, or even more specifically, an investment structure that should be the result of a whole bunch of other work, <laughs> because you can't really, uh, and you shouldn't really design any of that until you have thought about the broader wealth and life matters. And really, that starts with the life part, and which relates to the goals and the timeframes and when you want to do what you want to do. And then there's the the what it is that you want to do. So, uh, you know, I think. Uh, you know, connecting that to, to what you're saying. Um, yeah, sometimes there are cases where we have, uh, you know, uh, a couple in and w- one is sort of articulating something for the first time and then the eyes go wide on the other person <laughs> and the room says, wait a minute, that's what you want to do. And sometimes it's, oh, that's what you want to do and let's do it. And other times it's, that's what you want to do. And wait a minute, how's that going to work? And that's different than what I want to do. Uh, or sometimes it's, well, are those things then mutually exclusive? And, and what about the other person? And what's, you know, what's your kind of biggest, you know, uh, unspoken goal? And can you make all those things work together? And that's kind of the fun uh, is, is teasing that out and creating a, a, a safe space where people can share those thoughts. Uh, and oftentimes, you know, when people are talking with their advisors, they, they tell you know, they often tell us this, that they tell us things that they don't tell anybody else, <laughs> right? Because no one is asked or, uh, or they're kind of afraid to, afraid isn't really the right word, but kind of uh, like they have uh, this limiting beliefs about what really could happen. Um, and so just never say it, but saying it is the first step to seeing if it's a possibility because sometimes a uh, surprising number of times, you know, those, those big things are possible uh, if you have a plan and if you are, are willing to make the trade-offs. And some people have the, you know, 
you know, it's about wealth trade-offs and other people, the wealth uh, is not an issue at all. And for other people, it's uh, more about the the personal time trade-off. So there's a a mix of things as you're, as you're hitting on that, that all tie back to that. So uh, I think there's a couple other things you said in there that I, that now I'm forgetting, but they're super interesting to, to super interesting thoughts. Yeah, and we'll and we'll circle to those. No, you you, you covered a lot of it. One thing I also want to ask you about as it pertains to even this type of planning and, and even the manner in which you live your own life. And we'll dive deeper into this. Like you're a very healthy guy, very healthy. You're an elite level athlete, also. Um, and and part of this wake up call. You know, you'd mentioned peak busyness earlier and what that means. And and you know, you had. And, and, and correct me if I, if I screw this up a little bit, but a, but a, a friend who had died from a heart attack while doing some light exercise and you know, hadn't really taken care of himself or even, even his, yeah. his finances, how much does physical well-being play a role in even your you know, professional advice and kind of strategy that, look, if you take really shitty care yeah. of yourself, like we don't really have to plan to like, like for your right. future, you know, like, like to right, right. You know, or be a, like, Hey, you're cutting down on your, on your own longevity here. You're making some of this point. You're shortening right. the runway, you know, for yourself significantly. Whereas, Hey, if you are taking excellent care of yourself, okay. Sustainability, longevity, not even necessarily competing at a, at a high or elite level. I tell people all the time, look, you don't have to go crush Kona out there. Like there's a wide range of physical fitness between focusing on sustainability, longevity, being physically fit, and doing Ultramans, you know, yeah. and Kona. Yeah. It's a big space, you know, there. But if you want to live well in your 60s, 70s, wherever you are, and extend again your your runway out there, maybe be able to hike and bike and climb in your 60s oh, yeah. or 70s in there going to cost you a little bit of money you know to go do versus if you're just again not really able to move and unhealthy costs you differently you know maybe your health insurance your disability your long term but you're not exactly taking that 20 grand bike trip you know through the wine country if you can't pedal that's that's right on um yeah and a lot of those thoughts kind of came together for me after that that friend died and i had to take a look at what i was doing because uh, I I uh, swam and played water polo growing up, and then uh, after college, you know, kind of stopped for a while. And I did a couple of really short triathlons, but didn't really train for them. And uh, you know, but just did it to kind of feel like I was believe I was doing something, but I w- really wasn't doing regular exercise. Um, and uh, so after this this uh, friend died and after seeing his family kind of struggle uh both emotionally and with the, the financial structure i said yeah man I, i've got to find something to do uh i gotta because taking care of myself is really also taking care of my family and it was uh i started feeling really irresponsible about not taking care of myself so um decided to sign up for uh a full iron man and uh, because you can't you know the, the short ones i was doing before you could kind of fake those right you can i mean some people think those are long, but it, anybody can really do those uh, if, if they want to. The longer ones, really, you can't you can't uh, can't fake that. You have to do the training. So I, I know that if I have a goal out there, then I will kind of put my mind to it and structure it in a way that it can happen. So um, <clears throat> yeah, that's so uh, we can talk more about that too. But um, uh, yeah, the 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 healthier you are in general, that's a major contributor to longevity and research shows that as you know, there's a bunch of factors, but uh, you know, health, of course, genetics, uh, there's a correlation to wealth and longevity. So the, the more of the positive attributes that you either take on or are lucky to have, uh, the longer you're likely to live, the more important it is actually to, to plan for that so that you can, like you say, uh, enjoy that time because, you know, uh, th- there's a whole new possibility really of living longer and better rather than, uh, you know, shorter and worse or, or just worse in general. Um, and yeah, I, you know, when I'm, um, sometimes I'm out there on a, 
you know, part of the training and certain parts of the, the training season, there's like a six or seven month training, uh, kind of, uh, season for, for an Ironman. And some of that includes, you know, five or six hour bike rides once a week and some, you know, two to three hour runs. And, uh, you know, one thing that, that, you know, bringing it back to your business question, um, that I've really benefited from is you, you get into, um, a sense of flow, right? Once you've got the basic conditioning, you can just, you just kind of are, you, it's just, you, you just be, <laughs> to, you know, uh, uh, out there. Uh, and when you're in that state of flow for a while, uh, it's a bit, maybe it's like some people say they, they work through some of their challenges and ideas, uh, in their dreams at night. So maybe I do that too, but sometimes I'll be, you know, on, hour four of a five hour bike ride. And I'd be like, boom, oh, that's what we need to do. Or, oh, I had, you know, here's an idea, a way to approach this problem or idea for this client or for this internal design thing. Um, so then it goes back and forth between this creative, uh, this really creative state once you're in that flow state for a while. Um, so, uh, and I, you know, I sleep better. Uh, and of course, you know, the, more and more research shows that, you know, with the right amount of exercise and the right amount of sleep, and you don't have to do an Ironman to get to <laughs> the right amount of exercise. You can do a lot less than that and still, you know, take good, really good care of yourself. But as you've probably read and heard, uh, you know, the combination of sleep, diet, exercise, social interaction, community, all those things like are surprisingly big factors for longevity and quality of life. Right. Uh and, uh, uh, so that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a, a, a big deal. I'm at some level feeling in my midlife better than I ever have. So, uh, uh, you know, physically and so forth, uh, you know, there are midlife has other challenges that you don't have when you're 20 that are more complex that, uh, you know, that, you know, can create some stress, whether it's work or something else, you know, as you have more responsibility, there's more to think about, but, uh, yeah, the, 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 that physical part has been a great outlet. And especially now during COVID, uh, it's kind of a, it's a great source of sanity. You know, you get out, run through the woods or go on a bike ride out and, you know, some beautiful green space, uh, it helps clear your mind and, uh, you know, just good all the way around. What is a typical day look like for you schedule wise? You know, we were, we were riffing a little bit before we hit the buttons, you know, here about, we've all got the same 24 hours in a, in a day. It's, it's, it's what you do with it and getting on your skin. What, what does a typical day look like for you? Yeah. Well, um, when you do full Ironmans, it can take uh, a good 10 to 18 hours a week of training, uh, depending on where you are in the season and how serious you are about your competitive level. So uh, I really have to schedule that very carefully. So oftentimes I'll get up, uh, you know, it's a four, five in the morning, go out and do my workouts, uh, whether it's a run or a bike or a swim, and then come back, uh, you know, have uh breakfast with the family, which is even easier now with COVID. So that's one of the, there's some, some benefits to COVID, you know, more family time. And I, I heard you mention that in, in other podcasts. Um, uh, so there's some benefits to that. Then, you know, a good, uh, you know, depending on the day, uh, you know, full day of work, sometimes a normal day, sometimes a longer day, depending on the projects. And then, uh, you know, I've got family and uh, all the family activities, uh, in the afternoons or the evenings. So, uh, you know, and the flexibility, I think of, of being your own, running your own business. And we try to do this for others that are non-owners is say, you know, don't miss anything, any key things for your family and your kids, like flex your work around that. Don't not do the things you can't get back that are really important to you, whether it's a soccer game mm -hmm. or a dance performance or something. So yeah, my, my day looks a little bit like that. And then, you know, the, it's, it's a great point about, you know, not, not missing those things that you can't get back. And I think at a, at a high level, you know, being able to perform for those types of companies and, and be part of those types of teams that encourage that goes, goes a long way. Uh, 
who makes up the the Patterson family? Mm-hmm. Kids, what, dogs, like like who's who's in the house? Yeah, so uh, my wife, two daughters, one son. He's already uh, out of the house on his own. Uh, my parents live in the sort of extended area, um, and uh, my wife's family is actually from Argentina. So uh, we met when I was down there during uh, uh, an MBA project, and so. Uh, yeah, so we've got family all over the place. Mm. What's been your philosophy in terms of raising raising your kids in terms of again like work life balance, health and fitness, run cycle swim, you know, more lead by example, more you're coming with me, you know, more like like what's how, how do you do it? I've got two boys, seven, 17 and 14. Yeah. And it's yeah. tough. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping you can answer that question for me. <laughs> because well, are, they, are, they, are your kids athletic? Uh, are, they, are they into the things that, that you're into? Or, or is, it, is it different? Or there's sometimes this struggle between I want to, I know I'm doing healthy things. I'm out there swimming, cycling, running. It takes up X amount of time. Again, is it taking me away from yeah. something? And how do yeah, I, yeah. No, again, read by example, but not miss the stuff that they're really interested in too that I don't want to Yeah, no, miss. Well, in terms of the time, that's that part I, I manage reasonably well because since I do all my training early in the morning, mostly before anybody gets up, uh, you know, I, part of my goal, even though my kids and my wife know that I do triathlons, I joke with people that I, I – uh, I hope they will wonder how I complete these races because they think I don't do any training. <laughs> now, of course, you know, there's some days they do see me or I'll come back from the bike or run, you know, but, uh, and I try to do that almost all of it during the week so that, uh, weekends are essentially entirely free. Uh, you know, a lot of Ironman, uh, athletes do their long runs on the weekend because their, uh, jobs really don't. Uh, allow for that or uh, some other reason. So I, I try to do it all during, almost all during the week. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I, I you know, I, I don't really miss uh, many of their performances and games and activities at all. I, you know, I could probably count them on one or two hands and, and uh, unless I have to be traveling and can't be in the area. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of try to lead by, example that way, uh, in terms of managing, uh, you know, part of the, the, the area is suggesting maybe you could help me is that, you know, as parents, of course, our kids are each different, right. And their life stages and their age, there's maturing so much so fast that every time you think you've figured something out and how to best support them, uh, they've changed. Right? And, uh, you know, some people are, maybe stronger with younger kids and, you know, maybe need more help when like interacting with the teens. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I wish I had great answers for that, but I think it's, uh, a, 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 you know, a learning experience and a work in progress. And, you know, I make a lot of mistakes and try to make up for it and just be human and be real. And, uh, you know, so I'm always learning all the time. Completely. And, and one thing you've done a really, really great job with is combining your personal passions with, you know, professional expertise and seeing overlap. I mean, in, in the activities that you take on, you know, physically and the challenges, but then also the strategies and structures that you see and you deal with, with professionally. Um, and You've you've started sharing these lessons that you've learned from Ironman triathlons and applying them to making wealth and life success yeah. easier. Um, can you un- unpack this a little bit? These these seven lessons learned, you know, from these unbelievable athletic achievements in Ironman triathlons and how they've made you better, you know, professionally, and also have helped your clients with with wealth and life success. Yeah, that's, uh, learned a lot, um, in the, the whole Ironman, uh, process and like any big challenge, uh, 
in life like that, uh, uh, there are a lot of parallels that cross over to other things in the personal life or, you know, work in our case, the wealth and life strategy and so forth. So, yeah, and we've, we've done some, some webinars on this topic too, for the kind of the, the, the full, uh, story, but that, uh, you know, I, I guess to summarize a little bit, the, uh, we call it, break it down into these seven lessons. Uh, one is really about just the idea that crazy ideas, uh, your wildest ideas may actually be possible if you clarify the goal and develop a plan and stick with it. Uh, some, a lot of people don't articulate that goal like we were talking about before and then kind of always feel this burning need, like this dissatisfaction, like wondering, like, you know, am I doing what I should be doing or I'm missing out on that or I'm, you know, my bucket list is getting bigger, not smaller. Um, and then, you know, having a plan and, and sticking with it um, is then half of it. Sometimes uh, if you don't have a clear plan, you might be cr- climbing up the wrong ladder uh, or, you know, uh, uh, you know, a lot of things are actually possible if when you, when you have a, a clear plan and especially when you've got someone helping you with it. And that, of course, applies to, uh, you know, whether it's a triathlon or uh, your, you know, your wealth life strategy and, and working towards those goals uh, as well. And then sticking with it is another key thing. A lot of times people, uh, you know, get partway through something and just think they're, you know, not on track and it's never going to happen and might give up. Uh, and that's definitely something you feel when you're training for and, and doing an Ironman. Uh, there are a lot of times where you just question yourself and you question whether or not you can do it. And, uh, oftentimes you, you know, you serious doubts and it's just experience and maybe working with a coach or an advisor that can help you work through those things. And you can see, Oh, other people have been this before. And you, what you're experiencing right now is normal. And everybody that actually makes it feels that right now. So, you know, don't give up at the wrong time. Again, applies to so many, so many different, uh, parts of life. And then you've got, uh, the uh, second lesson, which is using design thinking to really make it hard to fail, which is basically all about making it as easy as possible to to do those hard things. So, uh, you know, once you've got a specific goal, then you can break it down into pieces and work on it. And if that, then you can, if it's something you can just do yourself, great. If it's something where you need your family support, great. If it's something where you need an outside advisor or coach, Great. Uh, so, you know, with triathlons, having a really specific training plan uh, and, uh, you know, having a clear goal of what kind of race you want to have, then you kind of know the work you need to do and what you need to do each uh, month and each week and each day. And similarly, on the, the wealth life strategy side, uh, you know, once you've got the plan, then, you know, it's all kind of, uh, you know, until the plan changes, which sometimes is the case. Uh, you know exactly what to do and uh, what not to do and how you need to structure your, whether it's your investments or your saving or the, uh, and other things. So um, that's, uh, you know, a key part of it and making it easy. Uh, you know, examples, for example, in the triathlon world is, you know, I always prepare my stuff the night before, because if I wake up at four or five in the morning and I have to think, Oh, what do I need to do? Because when you when you you know you're going for a bike ride, a run's kind of easy. Swim, you know, you can't forget your goggles. You can't forget certain things. On the bike, you know, it's a there's a bunch of stuff you've got to put on and wear, and and and, and if you're missing any part of that, you're just gonna so that you're just gonna not enjoy it as much. So if I don't set it up, if I set up in the night before, then I don't have any excuse in the morning, and then I actually enjoy it more rather than that feeling of in the morning having to struggle to like think, oh, what's that thing? I you know. so you know. Just lots of different ways to to make it easy and have different backpacks uh, ready to go, extra backpacks with training gear in the car. So if my daughter's got a soccer game and the warm up, I can go out for a quick run. So you can kind of kill two birds with one stone and just being ready and knowing knowing what to do. So those are those are you know a couple uh, of the examples. Um, then you've got. Uh, you know, this, we talked a little bit before about that gas pedal risk. That's really relates to lesson three. Yeah. Like that, that, that a, little, a little bit more, that's something that I think I can relate to. In a lot yeah. of, and a lot of guys. Yeah. Can. Yeah. And so 
that that gas pedal risk and pacing yourself relates kind of ties back to this also this idea that I mentioned uh, of challenging your limiting beliefs um, because sometimes when you if you if you don't articulate that goal or really can't say what you'd really like to do or you know decide with your partner or spouse uh, you know what those life goals are uh, uh, you know if you're married or have a partner um, you might just assume that it's not possible and then you might just keep with your gas pedal on the <laughs> going all the time uh, and maybe you've driven farther than you need to and maybe you've actually built more wealth than you need to or maybe you're driving down the wrong road too fast and you need to be you know you haven't even taken time to look at the map and say wait a minute there's a faster shorter way to get there but I've just been so hard on the gas pedal that that yeah you know, you know maybe you know maybe it's a better faster easy way to to accomplish that uh is there a you know kind of uh like a a typical if you will you know barrier that you see people struggling with you know to to achieving their goals is it even like the hardest thing for you is, is you know, get them to to want to even meet with an advisor, you know, or the things that they've, they've put off the, or it's not going to happen to me, or I've got more time and I've got all of those things. Uh, is there like a typical objection or barrier even to entry that you typically, typically see and say, you look, if I could just get in with that guy, like, I know we could help yeah. him here or this, or this is what we struggle with, like to devise a way kind to overcome this obstacle because shit, like 90% of guys, 45, 50 years old, they do the, like, this is it. And here's, <laughs> you know, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you know what oh, I'm that's saying? That's really that? common. Like, uh, you know, and it's on a simpler level, you could say for some people that's the doctor checkup or it's going to the dentist or it's, uh, you know, refinancing your house uh, or, it's your overall wealth life strategy. Sometimes people say, oh, yeah, that would be good, but I'll do it later. Or, oh, that'd be good. But, oh, I don't have the time. Or, wow, maybe I should do that, but that's going to be too much work for me. Uh, and I don't know where to start. And therefore, they just don't start, right? So you just keep kicking that can down the road. And what's, what, what's uh, uh, the, uh, like the frustrating part for us in those cases when we're talking with someone that we know needs it? Uh, is that we know from experience with our clients is that once people realize how if, you know, a good advisor really makes the whole thing a lot easier, <laughs> right? You don't have to do that much yourself. You have to gather a little data. You have to do some thinking. And that's really the part that people actually enjoy the most. And they don't realize that maybe the more interesting uh, time is is that goal articulation process and what we, something we call a goal discovery chalkboard where you're just brainstorming and sharing those, those, uh, you know, limiting beliefs and so forth. But what, so sometimes, uh, you know, a couple months in or, uh, you know, after they get through the initial part and they say, well, wait a minute, this was a lot easier than I thought. And it didn't take as much time as I thought. And, uh, it's not as complex as I thought because I don't have to figure out all the nuance and the details of, uh, you know, the financial planning and, the other, these other financial elements and maybe the smart way to structure it. And how do I think about investing and how does that connect back to the goals? Because a good advisor is doing that for you, of course, consistent with your goals. So people are often just so relieved and they say, wow, I really wish I'd done this sooner. It was a lot easier than I thought. And now I feel better. I sleep better. And I feel like my goals are on track. And, and uh, sometimes it's the spouse too, who finally has that conversation that they didn't know how to have with their their uh, husband or wife or partner. And uh, sometimes that improves marriages too, <laughs> because there's this tension, like people, two people don't know. Sometimes it's one, one partner who really kind of takes care, you know, quote unquote, takes care of the financial side uh, without necessarily really being an expert in it. And then the other spouse is sometimes kind of left in the cold wondering and has this sense of uncertainty and not just kind of this anxiety about, wait, where are things going and are we going to be okay? And neither person really knows, but this kind of process can really bring all of that together, give some clarity and, uh, and just this, you should see the sense of relief and almost excitement and elation. And people feel like 10 years younger because they take this, this huge ball of anxiety uh, off that, off that scale. And they just feel like they weigh less. 
Yep. And, and it's such a good point about you know, trying to overcome, you know, being proactive versus, yeah. versus reactive. Mm-hmm. And once you set that plan in motion, um, you know, it provides that additional comfort level. And we have that challenge, I think, in our, our business all the time that until you really feel some pain in a way, mm-hmm. whether it's you personally or there's some pain that you associate with. You know, like unfortunately, we get a lot of calls about life insurance and disability planning when somebody, somebody yeah. knows passed away or they hear a story and they realize I am right. unprepared you know, for that. I haven't done anything about that. Or, you know, any type of risk management or risk mitigation or trying to insure against something that happens, there's a lot of it's not going to happen to me or it's not going to happen to my business, Mm -hmm. you know, or it's just a commodity until I actually need to use this paper, you know, into something. So Um, true because, you know, and, and just as a simple example, Life insurance is so much less expensive if you do it, if you start younger, right? <laughs> and if people are starting late mm-hmm. and have a health condition or something, then, you know, not only is it more expensive, but there's more stress along the way. And yeah, it's, uh, you know, all, so between peak busyness and people not having the time to think about it and sometimes having a trigger event, you know, like for me, the, 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 the health side was when that friend died. For others, it's sometimes it's the financial side when someone they know dies or has a problem. Uh, and yeah, no, you're, you're right on. And, and one thing I want to ask is, is about, you know, the, the proper planning personally, professionally scheduling and all this, um, I feel like you'll do a better job articulating it even than, than, than I do. I think from the outside looking in sometimes there's this perception that you can't fit it all in, or if anybody who's doing these things is obsessive or compulsive, or there's, there's no fun, you know, in it or being too disciplined, or I can't, can't do that. Um, do you build in open space also? Like, honestly, to be, well, there's plenty of time if you actually even build in open space, like, you know, like, do you schedule, you schedule in your fun? I'm like, yeah, actually, like I do schedule in open space where I know I'm not going to do almost yeah. anything. And I know it's there. Well, like, is that when you're juggling all these balls and doing that, are you conscious of, of still having fun? You know, one of the connotations that came up last week, I asked a guy that was on, like, it was more of a word association thing. He's into vocabulary, you know, wordsmith and all kinds of amazing stuff. So well, when you think of the word midlife, what do you think of? Like, what comes to mind? And he said, dull. <laughs> mm-hmm. said, okay. Like, Fair enough, dull, crisis, whatever. But it sounds like as a high-performing CEO and yourself that do you, you see it as dull? You mentioned that you feel better than you, you have. Do you see it as the middle, the beginning? You know, how do you, how do you see the stage, the stage of life? Yeah, I, uh, I don't think of it as dull. Uh, and I do schedule uh, my work and my training so that I have big open spaces. Um, and that's really critical for me because uh, I think when people don't do that, everything else creeps in and fills in your calendar. Or if you don't have clarity about what you're trying to do uh, in your business or uh, in other specific personal goals, it just tends to flow over into everything else. And then e- even if you kind of are available, you might not be present and available for others in your family or your friends. Um, and so that's, you know, uh, I certainly haven't perfected that. And, you know, I don't know very many people that have, but um, I'm a lot better at it than I used to be. Uh, and it's almost like uh, taking on this Ironman training and racing forced me to really think about that. And ironically, I think I have more free time now. <laughs> now that I have more training, I have more free time because I I like hyper schedule certain things and then I just let everything else float and be available for for time for for fun and uh family and friends. Now it's hard to always get your family on board with what fun means and you know we try to 
you know, get everybody to contribute to that idea and, and, uh, you know, do those fun things. But, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that also take that same idea. Uh, if you are in this peak busyness mode of life, you know, this, this peak busyness is just (laughs) the theme that we keep every time we talk with someone in this phase of life, uh, it's, um, you know, that's, they feel kind of overwhelmed and, uh, you know, having when it's their wealth life side, once that is clear and once they know, uh, for example, if they're on track or what they need to do to get on track, they don't have to overwork as much as they thought they did. And which then is essentially like by planning and working that into your structure, then you have more mental space, which then allows you to have more free time. And then you can, uh, you know, actually spend more time with family and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I think my challenge uh, is like kind of, um, you know, that, that's not something that you figure out and that all of a sudden you've permanently figured out because, you know, when you're running a business and doing these things, new things pop up all the time. So it's like learning what to say no to, learning what to say yes to, learning, uh, uh, you know, and, and so, you know, sometimes it, it's flexing in and out, but when you have that kind of, once you, once you, uh, and if you have your priorities straight and of course priorities evolve too, then you, 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 you can kind of schedule and structure it in a way, uh, which also brings me to your other point, which is, yeah, some people don't like to be overstructured, right? Uh, so I'm more of a organization structure person. My wife is, uh, less that way. So, uh, you know, in a couple different realms, uh, she's, you know, amazingly talented in all kinds of ways, uh, but just different personality types in terms of how you approach it. So, um, you know, but a certain amount of structure can actually be liberating because then you have the time, right? (laughs) So. Yep. You're as you're a smart, savvy financial guy. That's what you, that's what you do. Uh, What do you spend money on that you shouldn't? (laughs) Like what's, what's your thing? (laughs) Yeah, uh, that I shouldn't. Well, maybe not you shouldn't, but are there 10 bikes in that garage? <laughs> you know, is there a new helmet showing up every yeah, week? You know, uh, <laughs> I probably have too many bikes. Uh, and it's, you know, bike technology is evolving and there's, you know, new gadgets and tools and parts and components that come out. So yeah, there's a, that's, that's one of my sort of spending attraction areas. I try to control it, not let it get too crazy, but uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot to think about there. (laughs) Uh, How much does recovery kind of play a role you know, now for you, um, obviously the training is hard, um, and you got to balance that with work and, and family and fatherhood and all the things that we've, we talked about, um, as you get older, we don't, re- we don't respond, you know, and recover the same way that we, yeah. we used to, um, do, do you have a recovery protocol now or things that you're doing, um, to kind of restore and repair and replenish that maybe you weren't doing before, yeah. you know, the same way or did too yeah uh that's a really big deal especially as an endurance athlete but the more i've learned from that the more i realize how important that is to other parts of my life and focus at home and and at work too um yeah so when you're training uh especially uh if you're trying to compete at a high level uh you one of the, the the biggest failures that some athletes have is what's called overtraining, like thinking that just doing more hard work more often is better. And that's oftentimes not the case. Uh, you, you really need to make sure you recover. And that has to do with nutrition. Uh, it has to do with sleep. It has to do with having hard days and having really easy days. And for some, that's like, uh, again, this applies to, to, to work and training. Some people, like sometimes you have to have an easy day and it's really hard for some really high intensity people to to just go for a really slow jog 
or a really slow bike ride because of that, that, that greyhound chasing the rabbit switches on and you want to go, right? <laughs> and again, work or, mm-hmm. or training. Um, and the, the, you know, the paradox is that having that, that right balance uh, is what allows you to put in more effort into the hardest part both mentally and physically, because a big part of it is of that rest is, is mental too. Uh, especially if you're doing the longer, you know, you've got a really in, intense uh, work environment and, or, uh, you know, doing longer races that require more hours of training. You know, it's, it's the mental burnout that is half the challenge, right? So the physical part you notice, but oftentimes people don't realize they're getting burned out. So, uh, uh, but when you, again, that's part of the structure of, you know, real, literally like I have a, you know, I can't show you uh, audibly here, but you know, my training schedule for each month is different and there are days that are hard, there are days that are long, but medium and there are days that are just super easy. And then of course there are days off. And, uh, that's one of the things, you know, uh, as I went, got farther along in triathlons, that was one of the problems. Uh, I had, I either initially wasn't training enough in the right way, but later I was training too much and I got kind of burned out. And it wasn't until I started working with a coach, you know, I I had some good training plans and had some good training books. And, but sometimes you just need someone to talk to who's been there, whether it's a coach or an advisor. And they say, look, you know, it's okay. You, you really, you're going to do better if you just uh, make sure you have that time uh, and get that rest mentally and physically. And then that's that 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 happened and that, that happened for me and when i uh uh you know i had i became more productive at work i became i think uh you know a better listener and more present at home and uh my triathlon races became more successful and ultimately i took a, a shot at the qualifying for uh, the kona uh uh ironman world championships in in hawaii and can tell you about that sometime too but uh yeah, I, I wouldn't have had had the result I had there if I hadn't learned how to rest, <laughs> learn how to, yeah. Just it's an incredible accomplishment um, and achievement. As as a CEO, also, um, you're in you're in a leadership position again professionally. You're in a leadership position when you're out there in a solo sport, you know, like like that too. Uh, you talked about utilization of coaches, you know, as with with your triathlon training do you utilize coaches on your professional side too coaches mentors um whether it's a life coach you know whether it's any type of of ceo or executive coaching um there too i think there's sometimes this perception that people in c level positions are the leaders they're supposed to be giving advice doing all this but we need Coaching is, you know, guidance as well. And some of us just perform a lot better, as you said, with structure, with somebody telling us this is when you redline it, you know, and this is when you take your foot off the gas. And we want people to to lead us too. Yeah, that's something that's really important for me because I think what a lot of people have the misconception is that business leaders have it all figured out. Uh, it's everything is a work in progress. Uh, and you're always learning and the environment and the challenges are changing. So yeah, I've, uh, I've been a member of, um, uh, a Vistage group, which are, uh, groups of CEOs led by a facilitator, uh, and our chair, uh, a guy named Bill is, is great and, uh, knows how to, uh, like between that, him sort of intuiting and, and knowing when to push and get you to think about the things that you're not thinking about and to go deeper in the things that are your own limiters and the people in the group who have lots of experience, you really uh, can learn a lot about yourself and help others uh, in the process. Um, so that's, that's really, really been uh, super valuable having that. Yeah, definitely having that coaching uh, critical. Greg, how do people find you? work with you, connect with you, um, and who should be reaching out, you know, to you, you know, quantify that too. Um, so it's the right kind of inquiry, you know, the right kind of, kind of target, um, you know, that's out there because again, I find this stuff fascinating. I find the services so valuable. Um, the combination of, of personal passion, professional expertise, athleticism, financial management, having it all, 
all come together. You've done a pretty good job, really good job of, of I think, kind of cultivating that that lifestyle. It sounds like client based too. You know, be very discerning and strategic and tactical about who and how you work. Um, so, who reaches out to you? How should they find you? Who should and you know, who should? We don't even have to say who shouldn't, but, but overall, like whatever you want to go with this, just want to make sure you know. Look, we're. There are different coaches, different advisors, all different types of people out there. And a lot of this is just finding the right fit. Yeah. You know? The right person, the right place, the right environment, um, people to yeah, work with. Yeah, no, that and I'm sure you found that in, in your professional space too. Uh um yeah, so our, our typical clients, uh like I mentioned at the beginning, those three realms. We have the the personal wealth side. Uh those are uh Families generally with uh, wealth in the uh, two to three uh, to twenty to thirty million range, uh, sometimes higher, sometimes uh, a little lower, uh, and and the retirement plan space tends to be in the five to hundred million dollar range. Again, with some a little smaller and some considerably larger. Uh, that's, that size is similar for the foundation and endowment space as well. And I think the, uh, they can, people can find us through, uh, advisory group SF as in San Francisco.com and, uh, uh, or can reach out to me at, uh, Greg at advisory group SF.com uh, as well. And the, 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 you know, so what kind of people, um, there's, there's a pattern in our clients that of people who are intellectually curious, who are willing to, you know, even if it's uncomfortable to challenge their, their limiting beliefs, uh, but, uh, but appreciate that sort of help. Um, it's, it's not really the do it yourselfers, uh, uh, because, uh, sometimes a do it yourselfer will eventually evolve into realizing that they need more help. Um, so it's, you know, interesting, uh, high quality people. A lot of our clients are the best at what they do. And oftentimes people who've achieved that level know that they don't know at all and know that even in their professional lives, you know, they need a good team. And in their personal lives, uh, that, that team, and for example, a wealth life support team is, is just as important because they, they're not just trying to build their businesses. They're trying to, oftentimes the business the purpose of that or the background for that is to create the the life they want to have for themselves and for their family members and for their communities. Uh, so that's, that's a great point at any stage, yeah. you know, uh, number or at any stage that that's a great point about building that type of support system and that type of team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, uh, there's a, a sense of, uh, you know, when people have, and kind of tap into their greater sense of purpose and uh, what their real focus is and the different things that are important to them and have a, a plan to help address those different things. It's, it's liberating. It's exciting for them. Uh, you know, that, that sort of weight of stress and anxiety that builds up, uh, you know, through life into midlife. There's just, there's a lot going on in midlife. And when you feel like you can disentangle that and kind of create this clear path to follow, uh, you feel kind of like a kid again. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, it's fun to, to be part of that. It's fun to watch that. It's fun to, to have a business that helps people have that feeling, uh, and to, you know, know we're having a, you know, an impact on people's lives. Well, it's a high note to end on feeling like a kid, Okay. <laughs> to, to do that. I want to thank you so much for, for your time and joining me on the Midlife Mail podcast today. Greg Patterson, CEO of the advisory group out there in San Francisco, uh, wealth and life strategy advisor for high achieving business owners and leaders and qualifier. Ironman World Championships, Kona 2021. Yeah. So gearing up that race now. Really? And yeah. That's, uh, thank you. And, uh, Fun to be with you, Greg. Thanks for all your, your great questions and uh, appreciate your time. 
I enjoyed this a lot. Thank you for covering a lot of, uh, it's a difficult topic, you know, one that you handle day in and day out, but for a lot of us, it's a sensitive topic to talk about finances, wealth management, achieving wealth, planning, how you get where you're going. Um, Super, super vital stuff, especially guys, as we are living better, we are living longer, we are living stronger. These things are super important. Um, and, and one other word, it's not too late. It's, it's never too late. Don't no. just sit back on this stuff. Think it's either not going to happen to you or it's too late to start, whether that is with your finances or with your health. So yeah. get on that. Okay. If you haven't started, get on it. If you're on it, keep getting better at it. <laughs> and, uh, and keep keep moving forward. If you like what you hear, please give us that five-star rating. Please leave us that nice review. And please share this with your friends, your family, everybody out there to keep the Midlife Mail movement growing. Uh, you know where to find Greg. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And uh, until next week, we are out. Greg Patterson, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Greg. Great to be with you. about choices. And while there is only one Jeep brand, you have the freedom to choose from an epic lineup of Jeep brand vehicles. Hit the trails with a versatile classic, the Jeep Gladiator, or experience the wild and style with the sophistication and comfort of the Jeep Grand Cherokee or Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. Looking for a more immersive experience? Let nature come to you in the open-air Jeep Wrangler or Jeep Wrangler 4xE, America's best-selling plug-in hybrid. Whatever you choose, adventure is just one drive away. Visit Jeep.com for details. Based on 2022 CYQ4 sales, GD Power retail sales data, Jeep is a registered trademark.